All right, so Reverend Aaron Wathen, how are you? I'm doing well, Dee. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So let's let's give folks a little bit of background on you. All right. You are an author, yes. two books, one that I'm very familiar with that uh, I told you I had used in my past ministry, More Than Words, 10 Values for the Modern Family. Mm-hmm. Um, wonderful book, great resource for families. Um, and then your latest 2018, correct? Resist and persist faith and the fight for equality. Yes, ma'am. All right. And you are a former senior pastor at St. Andrew's Christian Church in Oloth, Kansas. And prior to that, you were also senior pastor at Foothills Christian Church in Phoenix, Arizona. Yes. Currently, you, you've flown the coop, so to speak, come back home, and you are currently Associate Director for Marketing and Communications at Week of Compassion. You and your family, two kids, and your husband attend Beargrass here. We sure do. All right. So you have done a lot in your little life. Man, I have. I've, I've been given a lot of opportunities and uh, been able to live in a broad range of uh, geography and culture and work with some some really amazing people and expressions of the church. And I'm grateful for that. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about your latest adventure, uh, Associate Director for marketing. That's a, that's a huge title. Right it is. There. It's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. So you work for week of compassion. Tell us, I do. tell us what you do and why week of compassion. What's what, what about that really speaks to you? Well, first for those that, that may not be familiar, week of compassion is the disaster relief, refugee and development mission fund of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. And that means we work with a global network of partners to alleviate all kinds of suffering, uh, folks that have been survivors of disaster, people who have been displaced by violence, uh, and then these, these ongoing development projects in places that create uh, incredible opportunities for women, for children, for for whole communities and families to to better support themselves and each other. Um, and when I was in congregational ministry, I always said that Week of Compassion is truly the best thing that we do together as church, as bigger church. Um, you know, we. In, in our individual congregations, we have these incredible local ministries that have such an impact and are so important to the local community and keep us connected in these amazing ways. And those are so important. But through Week of Compassion, our individual congregations can take that presence to this this truly significant place in the world where we are reaching so many people in so many different kinds of need. Mm. And none of our individual churches can have that kind of impact together. But there is something about Week of Compassion that really calls out the best, I think, in in all of our local congregations. And when everybody shares what they have together, then we can send those resources out to 
all these places where people are in great need and we have these amazing local partners that are there locally doing the work and empowering the local community there. So when I had the opportunity, uh, or I'll say invitation because we're talking about invitations today, (laughs) right? When I had the invitation to work with this ministry full time, it uh, it really seemed like an incredible opportunity to mm-hmm. tell the story of how this ministry works and how it impacts lives, and also to go and uh, visit our congregations all over the country. I mean, I've been a disciple my whole life, and I've served in a lot of different roles at the regional and general church level, and so I really just love getting to know other churches and going to visit congregations and and hear hear what they are passionate about what they do well what their gifts are and being able to connect them with this mm-hmm. larger ministry that we all share so you're a pastor what was your invitation to ministry like can you do you have what what was your calling do oh you, gosh do you remember that invitation well, I let's put it this way. I remember a lifetime of invitations. It mm. was not one one particular moment that I can say that was the second I knew I was going to be a pastor. But I think it was it was about uh, many seeds that were planted in my childhood and youth when I didn't even know that was at work in me. Mm. Um, it was being raised by a church and being given opportunities, being given a voice at a really young age and being made to feel a part of the church. Mm. I think that is the beginning of of my call, even if I would never have named it as such when I was younger. I mean, I, I thought I was going to be a dancer. I was maybe a little bit delusional about that, but I thought I was going to be a dancer. Um, you know, you, you can be really good in a small town and then uh, not know until you go away somewhere. Yeah. But, you like, know. oh, wow. Every, wow, look at them dance. Literally everybody can do what I do. Yeah, so... Um, Yes. In any case, the I'm a retired dance teacher. We'll put we'll just leave it there. But uh, I don't know through I never in college would have thought about going into ministry, not even right after college would I have thought about going into ministry. But just a series of experience and opportunities led up to um, just sort of a moment where all these things came together. And I thought, Okay, literally everything I've ever thought I might want to do with my life is all in this one calling. Um, Because I had thought about being, you know, again, in dance, performance, Mm -hmm. theater, that music is a big part of my life. Um, of a minor in vocal music. So that that was always a big part of my life. And even when I grew up enough to know I was not going to be a professional dancer, Mm -hmm. I sort of thought there might be a a, a, a life in performance for me. Um, I'd always been interested in being a writer mm-hmm. or being in the publication world somehow, sure. editing, um, curating, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I had always sort of had like a low-key interest in teaching, mm-hmm. which is complicated because I never now would view myself as a teacher, but it was always there in the kind of the back of my mind and teaching is clearly a big part of ministry. Oh, sure. Um, And then as I was older, I got real interested in like volunteerism, nonprofit work. 
Um, I even toyed with the idea of counseling mm, for yeah. a while. Huge part and of ministerial work. Yeah, and somewhere along in my early 20s, like all of these things just sort of came together in one big um, cosmic lock and key kind of situation. The only way I can think to describe it, it was like there actually is something that would let me be all of those things. Mm. And and here I am. And that what that means has changed shape many times since I first said yes to that that open door, I guess, um, and, and started the, the path to ministry. Because when I first started seminary, I never would have dreamed I was on the path to congregational ministry. Really? And certainly not to being a senior pastor. Like I was I always thought of myself more as like an associate for mission and community or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just one thing and another, I, I ended up in in stepping into more of that that pastoral role. Um, and I've served, you know, a couple of different churches that were different sizes and in different types of communities and that needed different things at different seasons of their life and ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now, of course, I'm in this role, which is very different. So all that is to say, when you when you accept an invitation like that, it's not a a one time or a one day thing. It's it's been you know, years in the making, and it is also going to kind of be a daily, a daily question and answer, a daily call and response, mm-hmm. I guess, mm. on moving forward. So you don't, oh, yeah. you don't just say yes to this one time. You, oh, yeah, you say yes so to it. True. You say yes again and again, and what your yes might be something different every single day. Yeah, and I kind of see that. Back to the back to the scripture. Uh, that's what this story is about to me. Is that Jesus is saying, "Hey, drop your nets and let's go." And that feels like a big deal and a big moment, but it's not a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. They've they've got to say yes again every single day, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and every day is going to look different, and the needs are going to change, and the world's going to change. And mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about. You said that. Uh, you were a pastor and um, how you enjoyed, you never really thought you would be a senior pastor and you mm. would, you always thought you'd sort of be an associate or, you know, doing really what I heard was what you're doing now. Yeah. So Isn't that funny. Isn't yeah. That funny? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you made it. <laughs> so what's it, but I mean, you, you started off doing something you never thought that you would do mm-hmm. to come back to the thing that you always thought that you would do. So, I mean, not that one is better than the other. I just find it interesting that that was, that was the journey to get here. Mm. It wasn't like an A to Z, you know, it wasn't right, sort of right. a straight line. So what, what's it like now? Um, to realize that dream. Mm. That's an interesting question because I had not, um, I hadn't put all those things together in that trajectory, but you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, that's a great question. And I had, I, I guess I had come to see my role as a senior pastor as as the expression of being able to do that kind of work. I just, I was maybe more facilitating it for others. Um, the whole, you know, connecting folks in community and uh, helping people find where their gifts were best used to serve their world. Um, mm-hmm. So, 
yeah, there were there was a point at which I I went back to school. Just year before last, I, went, I took some classes to uh, to get a certificate in nonprofit leadership, and so I was taking classes in development and fundraising and communications and things that. I was I was doing this in order to serve the church, but through the the process of taking those classes, I, I sort of reconnected with that that long ago vision mm-hmm. of what ministry might look like, and uh, realized that there were still other other ways and opportunities I might use some of those gifts and opportunities to serve the the wider church, and so when this opportunity came along, it just seemed like. Um, it seemed like an invitation to to grow and to try on something new, mm-hmm. and that was really scary. I mean, when you have been in a particular role doing a certain thing a certain way for most of your adult life, it was a yeah. very scary thing for for God to say, you know, maybe let's do a new thing and see who mm. you, who you are in this other role in this other setting for a season. And uh, yes, I kind of I kind of took a leap just trusting that that it was still ministry and it was still part of the same path and the same story. It's mm. like that that yes, that invitation changes every day and so does your response, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to drill down a little bit. <clears throat> I think, you know, we've kind of raised this big term that mm-hmm. you and I are probably very familiar with whenever you go through the process of becoming a pastor. Discernment mm-hmm. yeah. is a huge part of that. And I think it's a it's a huge part of invitation, mm-hmm. right? Just like you just said, we've got to discern, is this, you know, really a, a, an invitation from mm-hmm. God? Where What does this mean for me? So discernment, let's talk a little bit about that. What is that? And what's the process of discernment? Mm-hmm. Is it just, you know, being like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit back and think about this for a minute. What does, what is, can you talk a little bit about for you, how you've experienced discernment, what that means for you and sort of uh, what that has looked like whenever you've been faced with um, big invitations Mm. to, you know, do the next thing? Sure. And, And I think, I think there might be like... The, the first short answer is that discernment is not just about the big things. It's about the smaller things, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's about kind of a daily awareness of where God has placed you, what opportunities you have to serve, to connect with people, to grow as a person. And if you are intentionally plugged into that day to day, then when the big things come up, it doesn't feel like this big, heavy thing. There's just a clear mm-hmm. path yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say I have always done that well, but it's what I've learned that when I am more, <clears throat> when I am more grounded in the day to day kinds of presence and discernment, then, then big shifts, big changes don't feel so heavy. They feel like, this is the thing I have been working toward or moving toward all along. So, Pastor Aaron, are you saying it is possible to see God on a daily basis? You would not believe it, but yeah, it's uh, God is there, and I think it's also you know being in that 
that kind of life discernment, big D, where you're doing it every day and it's just part of your your practice and your view of the world. And that's something I've had to learn to trust is that, you know, when you're when you're looking at a big change of any kind, doesn't have to be ministry or vocational, but any mm-hmm. kind of big change. I think the biggest fear, the biggest weight is what if I do the wrong thing? What if I yeah. go the wrong direction? What mm-hmm. if I end up in the wrong place? Mm-hmm. And I think the, the bottom line is always it's not like. It's not like God is only in one place at one time. Mm-hmm. It's not like God wrote you a single narrative plot line of your life. And if you step out of that, God's just out, mm-hmm. you know, God, see mm-hmm. you later. So I don't, that's, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. I, I truly believe that, um, you know, God kind of shapes and goes with us along the way and, and ultimately gets us to where we need to be, even if we kind of go rogue every now and then. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I have to deeply hope, because Lord knows I've gone rogue before. Um, <laughs> you and me both, and, and maybe pursued some things that were my dreams and not mm-hmm. what I discerned was was meant or needed for me or for the world. And uh, I've just, I've got to trust that it all, it all comes out in the wash, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's again about daily invitations to... To recognize where God has placed you and what you're being called to do today and how you are given opportunities to connect and serve today. And uh, I mean, Lord knows that is not always situated in the context of a congregation for Mm -hmm. any of us. You know, it's about it's about where we are are in who we are in our neighborhoods, in our places of work, in our kids' schools, in, you know, the grocery store, wherever it is that we're spending our, our time and our talent. It's always an invitation. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron, for hanging out with us, for talking with us about invitation and the week of compassion um, and your journey. Um, I look forward to seeing what the future holds for you and what other invitations God puts forth to you. All right. Until next time. Peace. We would love to see you around the table in the new year at one of our weekend worship services. Our Saturday service is casual and meets in the chapel at 530 p.m. The Beargrass Praise Team leads us in worship during our Sunday 9 a.m. contemporary service. At the 11 a.m. traditional service, the Beargrass Choir sings. All of our services include communion that is open to everyone. For more information on all the activities and happenings at Beargrass, visit our website at www.beargrass.org. Until next time, peace.